0: Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates, or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Well, hi, everyone. How you doing? Well, uh, today is going to be an especially good day, because tag team back again. You know what I'm saying? My amazing wife, Christy, is up here. Give it up for Christy. We're going to be giving, giving the sermon you. together.
1: Happy Mother's Day to all the moms in the room. Happy Mother's Day to my mom, especially, yeah. yes. Um, we're so glad to have all of you guys here today, and we do have a special gift for you. This was, well, I guess it was our idea, but <laughs> um, better than a flower, right? So everyone gets to take home a coffee mug today. All well, the moms. Not everybody. All the moms. All the moms. Yes. Come on. So make sure when you leave, you get one. They're on the table in the lobby.
0: Some nice swag. It says, love yeah. your city. Only okay, for see, the
1: moms. Okay. Hey, here, here's
0: the thing, you know, did I ever tell you that you're the hot coffee to my ugly mug? <laughs> <Let's see>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Sorry. You like it's his just, cheesy jokes. I, I, that was good, though. I came up with that, I think.
1: Well, I have my own cheesy joke today as well. Um, My kids always make fun of me for loving a good meme. Like, I really love them. I'll be sitting on the couch by myself, and I'll just be dying laughing. And they look at me, and they're like, we know you just saw one, okay? So I made my own today. Are any of the moms with me today? Like, how has this school year been with, like, you doing something that you're not very good at? Like, I'm terrible at math. So I have a picture. This is real life, y'all. That's Grayson. It says, when your mom teaches you math one way and your teacher teaches you the total opposite. Look at his this face. Is a it's real thing totally right red. He was so mad at me.
0: That is the way it is. If you know anything about math, it's changed since we were younger. Yeah, I don't it's know. not it's the a, same. It's a different thing. I don't get it.
1: I have to Google you everything. Carry,
0: I, I'm like, you carry the one. He's like, what? Um,
1: and he's in first grade.
0: Yeah, anyway. So. Well, uh, if you, you know, of course. Make a, make a great day for your moms today and all those good things. But we're gonna jump into what we're doing. We're, we are in James chapter five and our final week of going through uh, this series that's all about authentic faith. Everyone say authentic faith. <clears throat> So James gets after it in this whole book, five chapters of telling us we need to be authentic. He begins with, hey, it, no matter what you go through, whatever trials you're facing, per, you know, persecution, you gotta stay strong, you gotta stand firm in it. He says, hey, you need to have actions that align with what you say. And so he's like, listen, if you don't have deeds, with, uh, if you don't have actions, that's inauthentic to your faith. If you say things like if you praise God out of your mouth and then you curse people, that's inauthentic. And so he keeps pushing and then last week, Uh, James kind of drops the hammer when he says, listen, and you're going to have to live differently. You're going to have to be someone who is humble because God gives favor to the humble. And so he keeps bringing this this truth around authenticity. And through this series, we've been ending each sort of message with presenting three questions that are really around authenticity.
1: Yeah. And the first question is, if you remember, uh, have you made Jesus Lord of your life? Mm. This is actually the most important question we can ask today. We want to make sure that if you do um, have a, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, that you have the opportunity to consider that today. It's, um, we just love seeing people come into a relationship with Jesus.
0: Yeah, and then question two is are you growing in your faith? Are you growing in your faith with Christ? So this is a huge question for any of us because I know what it's like to be a follower of Jesus because it's so easy, easy to drift, right, to drift away from who you want to be, who you feel called to be. And, and God is always saying I'm welcoming you back. And so for some of us we have to be authentic. Am I growing or am I just existing? And so this is a really key question.
1: Yeah. And then the third question is do you need help with anything?
0: And this is basically what James talks about in this chapter. So we're going to dig into this question, the third question here: uh, Do you need help? And the title of this message is "Authentic Church," because as a church, we obviously care about all three of those questions. We want every person to know Jesus and as their Savior. We want every person growing in their faith, and then as a church, we want to be a, we want to help people in their times of need. And James presents three ideas. Now, here's the thing. There are so many ways, biblically speaking, that you can seek help. You understand that, right? Like there are so many avenues that you can take, but we're going to teach the word today. We're going to go to the Bible and we're going to teach what James says in chapter five, which he talks about three things. And like I said, they're not the only three ways you can get help, but these are three ways that James talks about. So we're going to get into it. James chapter five, starting verse 13.
1: It says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick?
0: And so, right here, as he gets into this, he's already talking about, like, are you in trouble? Are you sick? Do you need help? All right?
1: It says, Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord.
0: We're going to be talking about that in a minute.
1: And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective.
0: Who agrees with that? The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Can you say that one more time? Because that's pretty good.
1: The prayer of a powerful and right. (laughs) (laughs) The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective.
0: That's what I'm saying. See, so here's the thing. This year for our family, we began this year in a season of needing help. You know what I'm talking about? Like, um, and a lot of you know our story and, and what Christy's gone through and, and where, where she began uh, January and then January through March. This is a crazy time. Like I said, a lot of you know the story of Christy, her breast cancer. But we just know that in, 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 in our story, God has been really good. How many of you know that God is good? And I know that no matter what your story is, God, that truth doesn't change. And no matter how long it takes to taste that goodness, it's there and it's coming. And, and we, we just want to share because anytime we believe we can testify of God's goodness, yeah. that we can, we can tell the story of what God has done, who he is, that it elevates the faith of those hearing that testimony. Yeah. And so what we really hope for today is that we can elevate your faith. You know, maybe, maybe your expectation of what God wants to do in your life is here and we want to take it to here. You know what I mean? That we want to see whatever was the ceiling of your faith become the floor in which you stand on. And and so we want to see God do something, and we want to see it see your hope in Christ increased. And so that's that's a little bit why we want to share uh, Christy's story today.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to share a little bit today about the story about of what we went through. And again, it's not for um, necessarily to share like the end result, although that is amazing. But it's really to demonstrate the power of prayer. Um, I found out about my breast cancer after just a normal routine, my first ever mammogram. Um, I wasn't sick. I didn't have any, anything wrong. Um, the doctor even said you didn't miss anything. It was quite a shock. And, um, so immediately after receiving the call from the imaging center, I called Tim and he came home from work and literally almost immediately we sat down together and we began to just message text message people that we knew, um, in our lives that would care. And, um, the main reason, there were many reasons for doing this, but the main reason for doing this was because we knew our people would pray for us, pray on our behalf. And, you know, I've seen healing before. I've seen, um, I've seen God move in that way. And, um, I've seen him move in my life. I've seen him move in others' lives. And we always say that prayer is the pathway to his presence and the doorway to his power. Actually, Tim always says that, um, (laughs) But I like it, too. It's really good.
0: It's always good when your wife quotes you.
1: <laughs> so we've, we've previously experienced uh, heal, seeing healings in other people and in ourselves. And um, I always say, you know, which is not also another original thought, but God is the same today as he was yesterday. And if, he can, if he's done it before, he'll do it again, right? Mm-hmm. So we knew also that—I knew also that without prayer, there was no way I could make it through that season because I'm not strong enough on my own. I knew I needed the help of the Lord and the prayers that people would pray. So almost immediately, there was a large group of people in this church praying for me on my behalf um, twice a day. And at the time, there were lots of scans and appointments and doctor's appointments, and it had basically become my full-time job to address the issue of this cancer in my life, and my emotions were raw. Um, my, I was fearful. My mind was clouded with fear. But every day and every week, I would submit these prayer requests to these people, and I knew they would. Pr- I knew they were praying, and I didn't have to ask them if they were praying, and they didn't have to tell me they were praying. But I could feel the prayers. I could sense the tangible effects of them. You know, the Lord would go before me every time I needed something, even before I knew I needed it. And um, these prayer warriors of mine were literally holding my arms up during the season. I know I couldn't have made it without the prayer. I have a few examples that I can share. Um, One day I went for a biopsy. It was the second biopsy. It was unexpected. Tim couldn't go with me, and I was kind of mad and sad and just very emotional that day. And um, there was a woman who came in. She had arrived two hours early on accident for an appointment, and she didn't have a car to leave, and so she sat down next to me and started talking to me and asking me why I was there. And she shared her story and immediately started, like, prophesying encouragement over me. And it wasn't like, you know how you can sit down sometimes with people and they can say, like, Christian words that, you know, you're just like, I don't know. But she was not just speaking Christian words. She was speaking words that Tim and I say to each other in our lives and in our ministry, things that, that like, our family says. And so I knew, that, like, the Lord had gone before me and given me that to distract my mind and to be there and bring me peace in a moment when I really needed it. Um, mm-hmm. Another time... I had an MRI, and I had never had an MRI before, so I was terrified, and once again, um, the night before I went to bed, I just asked the Lord, like, in a simple prayer, um, laying in bed, like, God, I need to see the power of your presence. I need to see a tangible or supernatural, like, version of you in that room because I'm terrified, and when I showed up and laid down, sure enough, I felt like I saw the face of the Lord, what I feel like I would recognize as being him, and he said, it's going to be Okay. And I can't really explain that, and I can't say that I've ever asked for that before. But you know, anytime you go into a situation where they're handing you a panic button, and they're giving you earplugs, and they're telling you not to open your eyes or look around uh, because you might panic, that you're going to need to see the face of Jesus, right?
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: So that was a gift. And then after surgery, we had it confirmed through pathology that although my cancer was stage zero, Um, which means it had not spread to the lymph nodes or any other part of my body, um, that it was a grade 3 cancer, which is very aggressive, fast-moving. So had I waited um, just a few weeks or months later, it could have been a completely different story. And the doctors even said to us in one meeting um, that they never really hardly ever get to meet with people where they get to say, we don't have a follow-up treatment plan for you. And so we're super thankful for that. And again, I know it's not necessarily the outcome, Um, but again, it's prayer, and God gave us a very specific window of time where He was just really protecting us, but um, someone asked if we had sought the Lord for a miracle, and of course we had. Yes, we'd asked for a miracle, but a lot of times I think we think the miracle is going in to the doctor's office and them saying, oh, the cancer's completely gone, no more need for surgery, right? That would have been awesome, but I also know that sometimes the Lord gives us miracles that look different than what we might expect, and... He can walk us through something um, that we really don't want to go through, but it can actually make us stronger and more willing to serve Him and give Him the glory because we've seen Him in all those details. And I think um, never before have I seen such powerful and tangible effects of prayer in my life. And I want that for everybody. So, you know, our staff, I know our team, our family, we, we know of many hard and heavy things in this room. I know I'm not the only one who's going through or has gone through hard things, but um, I would just encourage you today to come to someone in the church and ask them for prayer with whatever you're going through because whether it's small or big, it's the same to the Lord, and He wants to move in your life in a powerful way. Um, We've experienced so many wonderful acts of love from the church in our lives, but I have to say that if I had to pick one, it would be prayer.
0: Yeah. Well, I think... James says, among, if there's anyone among you that is in trouble or sick, and, and I would just say that we understand now more than ever that, that a lot of us get in those, every one of us is going to have times where we need help, right? Yeah. And, and we're going to need all types of help, not just with sickness. We're going to need help with circumstances we're going through, and, and, and this is what James addresses, and we're going to go back to the Word here when he says basically, do you need help with anything? And I'm just going put to this, put this back on the screen. But he says, "Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone ha- or is anyone is anyone uh, happy? Let them sing song of praise. We don't want to skip that. Like we celebrate with one another, right? Is anyone among you sick? And then he says three things in this passage that we do. He says, first, call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil. Later, then he says, therefore confess your sins to each other. That's fun, right?" <laughs> And then the third one he says is, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And we, we want to talk about these three things, because these are three things that he presents as, hey, if you, if you have trouble, if you're sick, even if you're, if, even if you're going, if you want to celebrate, like, these are the things you can do. And so I'm going to kind of walk through them one at a time, Christy and I will. But the first one he says, go to the elders where you can get anointed with oil. Now, this is something that isn't normal in our everyday language, right? Uh, this, you know, to call on the, the, the elders, anoint me with oil, this is... This is something that has layers to it, so I want to get into it. First of all, it says, call in the elders. Now, I don't know what you know about elders or what you think about elders. You maybe have been in a church in which you had elders that were a position of authority. They were a governing board. They were all these different things. And there's a lot of different ways that the church has defined elders, and that's fine and good. And, but really, if we're going to get to the, the more simple form of what James is talking about, he's talking about spiritual leadership. He says, you need to go to spiritual leadership in your life. Whenever you have need, whether that be the pastors, whether that be your your connect group leader, whether that be your mentor. And you need to say, I need prayer. And you go to someone in spiritual leadership or spiritual authority in your life and say, I need prayer. And they surround you with prayer, either them personally, or maybe they lead you to a group that will surround you in prayer. And elders, elder can be a reference to a position or it can be a reference to age. But how many of you, you know that you can um, just because you know you're old you don't have to be wise (laughs) right like you can be elderly ish but not an elder are you with me and how many also know that you can be young and wise and so here's the thing you can be young and you can be a spiritual leader and so this is why Paul told Timothy in 1st Timothy 412 he says don't let anyone look down on you because you are young But set an example, that, my friends, is the definition of spiritual leadership. Set the example for believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and impurity. Now, Paul should have just dropped the mic and said, boom, that's eldership, that's spiritual leadership, that is spiritual authority. And so if you're looking for spiritual authority, you look for the person who is a spiritual leader in your life, no matter their age, right? First of all, in the scriptures, um, if we were going to talk about oil, it represents a many, a thing, many things, right? But it's a, it's a powerful thing. And it's, first of all, symbolic for the presence of the Holy Spirit. So we have elders who are going to anoint with oil. What is that about? Well, the oil represents something. And one of the first things it represents is the presence of the Holy Spirit. What do we call Jesus? We call him the anointed one, right? And the reason we call him the anointed one, because Jesus is completely covered in the presence of God. Imagine oil pouring down over your skin. Well, Jesus has permanent presence of the oil of the Holy Spirit over him. He is the anointed one. But whenever someone conversationally says, oh, that message that was anointed or that song is anointed or that conversation was anointed, what they're trying to say is the Holy Spirit was all over it, right? The Holy Spirit was all over that and there was anointing. And so when we want to see the anointing happen, we can pray for God's presence on something. You all with me? Are you with me, babe? I am. Yeah, you are. That's what I'm talking about. So oil wasn't just symbolic in its meaning and and, and inviting the Holy Spirit's presence. Believe it or not, in, in biblical times, oil was also medicinal, right? So there was a practical use for oil and it had medicinal reasoning. And so the Holy Spirit, yeah, they would pray the Holy Spirit's presence, but they would also take on the practicality of medicinal purposes to put on the people. So it was like the Holy Spirit plus, right? Better than Disney Plus. And so when Jesus, when Jesus, I mean, when James, excuse me, wrote this, the elders would pray and they would anoint with oil and they believed that this had healing agents. And we still believe this today, don't we? Yeah. That oil has healing. Anybody heard of essential oils? <laughs> it's just a little thing. I don't know if you've heard of it yet. It's a $27 billion industry, right? Well, we still believe that oils help the body. That's why we use them. In fact, a few years ago, Emily are about to graduate senior in high school. Um, <clears throat> Emily, Emily she, we had this person who was like, hey, we, she was dealing with some allergies and like she, she needs to take this oil bad pill.
1: Allergies, bad allergies. Bad, bad.
0: You need to take this oil pill and it'll, it'll totally take away your sneezing. We're like, shoot. OK, yeah, let's do it. And so but this pill was a homemade capsule of oil. Right. And so and it was really big, like horse pill big, like and so she was little. And I was like, can you swallow this, you know, gigantic pill? And she's trying. She can't do it. She's struggling. Then all of a sudden the pill bursts in her mouth, which means oil running out in her mouth. It was kind of like when Jesus and the whole alabaster bar jar was broken over his feet. The whole fragrance filled the house, except it wasn't on the feet. It was in her mouth. Here's the deal. It didn't help with her allergies, but her breath my friends. It was good. I'm
1: not but, sure she would agree with that.
0: Though. <laughs> my point is today's world believes in oils and believes in the healing agents. And this is like why we go to doctors. This is why we take medication is because we believe God has provided many ways to heal the body. Right. And in addition to that, though, in an environment of spiritual leadership an environment of elders, we say, hey, we also can invite the Holy Spirit into this. We can bathe it in the Holy Spirit. We can anoint it. And we can ask God to do what only he can do. Yeah. Yeah. And we ask because we believe he can. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, that was a lot. Good job. That was good. All right, yeah, let's go. That good. Now, let's go to the second one. So
1: second, it says confess your sin, right? This is, um, this is the, good, the good part. Confession is important because sin seeks hiddenness. It lives and grows in the dark, and if we confess our sins to one another, it not only brings physical healing, but spiritual healing. It removes any hindrance between us and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, Sin demands to have itself to, to itself, right? And keeps us hidden from everything and everyone else, and isolated in a place where we then begin to believe the lies that we tell ourselves about ourselves, and that is not what God intended. So... As we know, plants can't grow in the dark. They need sunlight to live. In the same way, our sins must come into the light so we can have life and live it to the full, right? A few weeks ago, I met with a friend over coffee, and uh, she began to confess some personal struggles that she had been dealing with for quite some time. She'd been living alone in shame and guilt and anxiety um, in her own thoughts and actions And in one moment of vulnerability, but really what I prefer to call bravery and courage. Um, As she began to confess these things, you could just see like a physical weight lifted off. Um, She was experiencing a release of newfound freedom. And so confession is shedding light on what we have hidden in the dark. And it's such an amazing thing.
0: And confession is really always, again, going back to the spirit, it's a move of the spirit. I mean, just as a sidebar to this, every book I've ever read about revival, spiritual awakening, there's always a great move. And break outbreak of confession among the believers. So, like, like when we talk about renewal, it's impossible without believers confessing and revealing sin. You understand that? Like, it has to be something we take out of the dark and put into the light. Yeah. And so, every outbreak has, has uh, to renewal, awakening, revival, is accompanied by confession. So, the third the third point um, that James makes is when he says, "The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective." Now, we could talk a lot about what he con- continues to talk about when he gets into the story of Elijah. But we're just going to keep this simple. He says the prayer is powerful and effective. He, of course, adds the prayer of a righteous person, right? So James never misses a moment to say it's about authenticity. <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, you have to be authentic in your prayer. The prayer of a righteous person. Never, he never misses a moment. But here's what I've continued to learn about prayer. And, I, and I, I, know, I know you've felt the same thing, but it's so easy to give up in prayer. Yeah. It's sort of like when you get amped up to do something, sometimes we get amped up to pray. Yeah. Just like we get amped up to, I'm going to start exercising, or I'm going to learn something new, or, I'm going to learn the guitar, or I'm going to... And a big reason we give up on the things that we get amped up about doing like that is we don't get the results as fast as we want them to, want them to come, right? Yeah. And so the same is true in prayer. And this is one of our great challenges Many of us want to experience greatness before we master smallness. Meaning we want the power of prayer without the process of prayer. Meaning, I don't know, some people want promotion without process. Some people want the mountaintop without having to make the climb. You you see what I'm saying? Like we, We want the impact of prayer without the sweat of it. And practically how, how this looks in so many people's life is we, we start things, right? And it doesn't become big enough or fast enough, so we put it down and we try something else. Maybe this is why we live in a culture where we change jobs more than ever. Maybe this is why we start a devotion but never finish it. Maybe this is why we have so many books on our shelves that have the first chapter read. Maybe, maybe perhaps. <laughs> this is serious. No laughing. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Maybe, maybe this is why we pray for a week or two and then we stop, right? The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. How many know that becoming righteous doesn't happen overnight? So why would we expect prayer to come overnight? that there is a process to godly living. And just like that, there is a process to that. There's a process to righteous, I mean, to prayer as well. And so I know many have been praying the same prayer for a long time. And I just wanna encourage you today, don't give up. Yeah. Just keep praying that prayer. Keep trusting in the Lord and know that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That does not say the prayer of a righteous person is fast and easy and simple. Stay the course. I can't say that enough. We are a praying church because we believe God can not only answer our needs, but believe he can do more than anything we even ask. We want to see our city change. We want to see our world changed. Mm -hmm. And if we don't pray, if we don't pray, if we don't continue to pray, well, we won't see those prayers answered because God never answers a prayer that's not prayed. So we have a heart as a church to be authentic right we want to be an authentic church and you understand that authenticity is not perfection right jesus doesn't call us to be perfect he calls us to be passionate and so he's like hey i want you to be passionate about the things that i'm talking to you about and the things that i'm teaching you you won't be perfect in it and jesus gives us a kind of a an addition if you will to what james says about this idea of helping one another whether that be through confession prayer whatever he just kind of categorizes as love right John 13, 34 and 35 says, a new command I give you. You guys know this one. He says, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone, I love this. There's another version that says, by this, the world will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. By your love. By the way we love one another.
1: You know, going through what we just went through as a family and experiencing the kind of love that only an authentic church can give. Um, thank you so much. It really just gave me a deeper desire for everyone to experience that. And I've known that before, but I want it more now than ever. Um, like, why would we withhold anything from anyone? Why would we not give all we have to everyone? Yeah. Um, and I don't get to talk about it much, but we have a team here at the church. It's a ministry care team. Um, it's very simple. It doesn't take time. It's... But and we just communicate through the GroupMe app, but it's a way to share very tangible needs of those in our church, and sometimes those who aren't in our church. Um, and as our church has continued to grow, we've seen more and more needs arise. Um, but if you have a heart to serve others and you would like to be a part of this team, message me after church or find me and I can get you added. Um, this, this team is really often the unforeseen force in our church. Um, there's so many stories that have come out of people experiencing a real love that they've never experienced before in their lives. Um, and I think that, that in those actions, it makes Jesus and the church more appealing to people who don't know him. Uh, recently, there was a woman in our church that we've been serving and sending meals to. She had surgery, and she sent a message to us and said, I want to thank everyone for their generosity and concern. I've never experienced these kinds of acts before, and I'm truly appreciative. Thank you for your prayers. I know there are families who come to our church because they've received meals after having babies and they've never experienced that kind of community coming around them before. Uh, We also have, our team has helped people move. They've provided needs for foster families. They've prayed for miracles. All kinds of needs have been met and it's just such an awesome way to see the church come together and meet very tangible needs.
0: So to close, just to review what James writes when he says, do you need help with anything? Just the three thoughts that, that he says.
1: Number one, go to the elders or the spiritual leadership in your life.
0: Number two, confess your sin, meaning find freedom.
1: Number three, prayer is powerful and effective, meaning don't give up.
0: And again, we know there's so many ways you could seek help, but maybe this scripture today, this word today helps you, gives you some steps. Maybe it's to sit down with someone and have a conversation to say, I need to get something out of the dark and into the light. Or maybe it's to go to spiritual leadership and to ask for prayer. Perhaps it's just to continue to keep pressing into prayer. You know, today and next week, we want to do something very specific and invite people in the room to what we're just calling healing healing prayer. Uh, Every time I ever ask, does anybody need any form of healing, whether it be physical or emotional or, or some sort of healing in their life. I'm always, it's it's usually more hands go up for that than anything else. And and we just know that there's so many of us that have healing needs in our life. We need God to do some work. And and we just wanna invite you to something very specific. James says, hey, when you have a need of healing, if any among you is sick or, and sickness of course is a pretty wide category, physical, emotional, spiritual sickness, whatever. Um, then you should go to spiritual leadership. And, and so we're going to have some elder spiritual leadership um, people in our prayer room before, after today and after next Sunday, the next two weeks, to specifically pray over people who need healing and anoint with oil. And so if you want to go to the prayer room, and, and who knows, sometimes when we've asked for healing prayer, we've had 40 people deep, just so you know. And so if I would just say, get in line and just let us kind of pray with you uh, and we'll move through that as quickly as we can. But in, and here's the deal: we never guarantee healing. We never. Get, it's not about that. It's about stepping in faith and trusting that that God can do this. And and, and we're going to continue to persevere in prayer. And we're continue to take steps of faith. And we're continue to do what the Word says. And we're going to continue to become an authentic church that actually doesn't just read the Word but tries to live it. That doesn't just that doesn't just take the Word and 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 and, and just. You know, try and take the parts we like, but take all of it and apply it to our life. And so if you wanna receive healing prayer today, I wanna encourage you after we finish to just go out uh, by the prayer room, which is in the building next door, of course, um, back by the kitchen. There'll be a prayer team member there to meet you and to, to lead you into a time of prayer today. You can do that this Sunday or next Sunday. I know some of you got Mother's Day plans, I get it. That's why we're doing it next Sunday too. But I really encourage you to go today if, you, if you're able to, because God's speaking to your heart right now, I know he is, about this need for healing in your life. During, while we worship, this altar will be open. Our prayer team will be here for other needs. Um, and maybe you wanna come today and you wanna, and you wanna just uh, surrender even yourself before the Lord and this altar's open. So I wanna pray for us, or Christy's gonna pray in just a moment, but as we do, would you all stand? We're gonna close with with this. And as you stand, if you just uh, close your eyes, close your eyes and these three questions are questions of authenticity. Do you need help today? Do you need healing today? And if you do, will you step in and trust the things that the Word of God says. Are, are you growing in your faith? Is it time for you to, to, to put the drifting <laughs> to bed and to start running back to the Father? And maybe you just need to calm and you need to get on your knees today before Him and repent and return. Or have you made Jesus Lord of your life? Maybe you're here today and that's the question you need to answer. That's where it all begins. Have you made Jesus Lord of your life? It's a declaration say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my life. I give you my life. I want you to be Lord of my life. And if you've never done that today, I want you to come and and just connect with one of our prayer team leaders up here and just say, I want to give Jesus my life today. Just say that to him and then they'll, they'll talk with you and pray with you. It's a beautiful moment. Would you be authentic with those three questions? That's pretty good.
1: God, we come before you today and we thank you so much for the opportunity to worship you, God, and also for the opportunity to come to you with our needs. We thank you for the church that you've given us, uh, one another, to be able to come to God with heavy burdens and needs. And God, we trust you today with healing, whether it be spiritual, physical, or emotional, God. We know that you can heal. We've seen you do it before and God, we trust you to do it again. So we seek you today. We seek the power of your presence and we ask for more. Thank you, God.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, Or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.